This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today I would like to talk to you about the damage created by wind on all of our landscape plants, whether they're vegetables, fruit trees, or ornamentals. All this and more on today's Desert Horticulture. Probably if I had to pick one item that I would want to have in my arsenal, if you want to call it that, of gardening, uh, my gardening arsenal, it would be my phone and with that a weather app. I don't care what it's called, whether it's Weatherbug or Southern or the uh, Nevada National Weather Service, whatever it might be, you'd need that weather app because oftentimes that weather app will tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, and even uh, even 10 days from now as far as the wind is concerned. And it's going to tell you if it's a calm day, if it's a light day, or not, because the wind can be very, very important when we're doing uh, horticultural things, gardening things around the yard. Wind can be very important because, for instance, if you're going to spray any kind of it, whether it's fertilizers, foliar application of fertilizers, whether you're spraying pesticides, whether you're spraying for bugs, whatever it might be, or let's say you're just spraying uh, an oil during the winter time, those the wind is very important about when you're going to apply it. So just checking that weather app. You know what I'll do is I'll I'll also look at uh, anything that will help me to judge whether the wind is going to be a problem or not. I'll look at the trees. I'll look at uh, flags that are nearby on flagpoles to see if they're moving at all, because I want that wind to be less than two miles an hour if I'm going to spray anything. If I'm going to spray anything at all. Uh, on in the garden area. I want it to be less than two miles per hour. And that's two miles per hour is when you just see slight movement of trees, slight movements of branches and trees. When you see a slight movement of a flag on a flagpole, that's two miles an hour. It's not much. So we want to make sure that that's coming up. So we'll, we'll plan it. We'll take a look at the next day or the next couple of days and and plan uh, make a spray application like I said whether it's uh, whether it's for uh, prevention of, of bugs such as the dormant oils in the wintertime or whether we're spraying fertilizers foliar application of fertilizers whatever it might be we want that wind to be as calm as possible the other thing that wind can do to landscapes is damage them so what I wanted to mention just briefly here is the damage that can occur on vegetables, on fruit trees, and landscape and ornamentals with just the slightest amount of wind. And sometimes wind damage can be very obvious. We can see it very easily with our eyes. And other times it's not as easy to see. And those things are, even though the, the production is lowered, or the, 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 the leaves of our vegetables or fruit trees are thicker, we don't really have, um, have anything to compare it to. So it's really difficult to see. That's why I divide it into the stuff that's easy to see, like damage to the leaves from wind or flowers being blown off the trees or, or damage to the fruit when it's just trying to grow. 
or whether we can't really see those things, then the non-visual and the visual types of damage that can occur. They're both important. So what I would do is, I, if you haven't already done it, as I would find an app and use it. I would find a weather app of some sort, download it to your phone, and use it, and start to look at one or two days in advance. It also helps us that the other piece of equipment, and I'll just digress here for a little minute. Uh, the other piece of equipment that I use sometimes, uh, unless I uh, unless I don't, <laughs> unless I'm using my my judgment, is uh, I'll use a soil thermometer and. Uh, it's very important that these work. The weather app, there's no problem. It's going to work. If you get downloading it and you've got good reviews on it, it's going to work. But those soil thermometers, <clears throat> those temperature gauges that you stick in the soil and try to get an, an idea of where of what the soil temperature is, they sometimes, hey, they're made by some foreign countries that may not be the most accurate in the world and so we want it to be as accurate as possible but generally speaking those soil thermometers are about 12-14 bucks a piece and you can order it on your Amazon or whatever your online source of that you use for purchasing but let's get back to the damage that can be created and in particular I wanted to talk about vegetables because vegetable damage can be very hard to see. The lowering of the quality, the lowering of the production can be difficult to measure. Yeah, you can see damage to radish leaves. You can see damage to leaves that are big, damage to them, the big leaves like broccoli and cauliflower. You can see if wind is damaging those, but what about the smaller leaves? The smaller leaves like on carrots and, and beets and things like that. How do we know if they're if they're going to be right or not, if they're going to be if they're going to be damaging or not, visual or not, if they're not visual. So what I would recommend is some form of a, 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 a windbreak. And there's no reason at all you have to spend money on plants to form a windbreak. It can be done especially in local backyards that can get on very inexpensively by just constructing a chain link fence as high as it needs to be and then putting some PV slats on, on the chain link fence and or you can put uh, some sort of screening on the outside that allows air to pass through it like those visual screens they use on tennis courts they either that either one can be used for it because what we're trying to do here is we're trying to take the the wind and we're trying to slow it down it's much better to slow it a wind down when it's entering an area so if you if you've got for instance vegetables on the windward side of uh, that's one thing but if you got on the leeward side on the side away from the wind the the direction the winds coming they're going to be helped much more much much more much better than than they will if they're going to be on the windward side. So how much will it help? Generally we're, we're looking at a 20 percent uh, allowing about 20 percent of the air the wind that hits that structure to pass through it and slow it down. So we're actually looking at slowing down that structure and that's why I'm talking about the PVC slats 
and the, the visual screens that are used on those things as well. Just not chain link fence. And the distances that we're talking about, we're talking about five times their height. So if you've got a three foot chain link fence, it's going to affect the, the it's going to have a modification of that wind speed of about five times its height, about 15 feet. So if it's, excuse me, if it's five, it's 25 feet. So if it's three feet tall, the chain link fence with it, and the plants aren't above, growing above that in a vegetable garden area. So if we're going to modify that area, we're going to modify it about 15 feet. If we put it about five feet tall, we're going to do five times five, about 25 feet, and that's how the distance we're going to downwind the the wind the leeward side of that windscreen. That's how much we're going to modify it. So we don't have to use a lot of water. In fact, in those particular cases, it's better if we don't use water. The soil is more stable. It's the it's just uh it's just better. You're better off not using them. You can dress up those things by putting something a, a vine or something in front of it if you want to but generally speaking uh, you don't want to you don't want to uh, use a lot of water in those particular areas okay so if we're going to do wind speed and we're going and I'd highly recommend it a vegetable area you find out which direction the wind is coming from and then modify it so if, for instance <clears throat> let's say you've got uh, a raised bed that you've grown and that's uh, four feet wide and eight or ten feet long and it's on one side of the house and you've got reflected heat coming off of the side of that house so by putting up a three-foot chain-link fence all around on three sides with a gate on it so that you gain access to it on all three sides you're gonna modify that you're gonna affect the wind the damage from that the non-visual damage from that about 15 feet uh, from the direction on the uh, from the from the opposite side from the direction the wind is coming so if the wind is coming from the east you're going to affect it for 15 feet on the west side of that fence okay so five about a ratio of about five five to five to one is going to uh, affect it so you don't need much a three-foot chain-link fence isn't much to put in front of a vegetable area a vegetable if you've got two foot uh, if you've got two or three foot vegetables that you're going to be putting in there if their vegetables are much higher than that then of course you're going to have to use a much higher screen a much taller screen than that to affect it so about five times all right now what about uh, the the use of uh, trees so what about the use of fruit trees and if we're going to be using fruit trees you know some of the fruit trees if we're walking in through an orchard of some sort it's that side that faces that's that first side that faces the 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 prevailing wind once because once you get inside that little forest of an orchard and you get three or four rows of trees blocks a block of trees so that they're three and four uh, deep rows deep in it so that's about 30 30 40 feet always plant them and don't plant them in rows don't plant them in isolated areas plant the if you're gonna plant fruit trees plant them in blocks 
And remember that the distance between uh, uh, trees determines the height at which they'll grow. So if they're if you put them at 10 feet apart or 8 feet apart, then they can, then you're going to prune them and keep them no more than 8 or 10 feet tall. The height, you don't let them go. You, that, that's the hard part about forest. But regardless of that, if you're dealing with the prevailing wind, though if you've determined where that wind is coming from, and if you've decided where you want to protect it, then put trees, fruit trees, that are more tolerant of wind on that particular side and those trees that are less tolerant of wind on the inside. A good example for the southern Nevada area is pomegranate. Pomegranate can take a lot of wind, can take a lot of protection. So the outside row, that first row, could be pomegranates to protect the trees that are growing further inside. That might be citrus because you if if you if you want citrus in there i'm not a big proponent of citrus because i just think that there's a the winter our winter temperatures are just waiting to happen you uh, we're a 9 we're USDA 9A and that's the borderline of where citrus can be grown and so there are some citrus that you can grow in there but generally speaking the citrus that i hear people talking about and when I hear them complaining about citrus, it's either from birds picking the flowers off of their young trees or the wind knocking them off. So by putting an outside layer, a windbreak, uh, something that will, that will help to slow the wind down a little bit before it gets to some of the more easily damaged fruit trees on the interior of that block pomegranates would be a good choice on the outside and it'd be a good choice for protecting the trees on the inside so w what we can get we can get in strong winds we can get a lot of the citrus flowers blown off we can get nectarine peach flowers blown off apricot flowers Plum flowers can be blown off. Typically not. They can take a lot of wind, especially if they're not on that leading edge of where the wind is coming from. And pomegranates will grow flowers on, on current season on the growth that's growing this year. So it's a little bit delayed by when it will put down flowers, put out flowers compared to some of the other like peach and apricot and plum and nectarine and that kind of thing where they they put out their flowers very very early on it's on it's on previous years wood and the pomegranate flowers are on uh, a wood that's being produced this year so it takes a little bit of growth for the flowers to start to appear okay so remember I, again you know I probably wouldn't be putting um, a 10-foot chain-link fence out with PVC slats or or a, some sort of a, a, a non-water-using windbreak on things like that because they're just so big. But on vegetable gardens, yeah, you, you're, they're fairly low, so you can usually have a non-water-using windbreak and put it in very easily on that side towards the prevailing wind. Another thing that I should talk about is the idea of blocking the wind 
funneling it away from the growing area versus slowing it down. There's a couple couple ways to think about it. One is to divert the wind so that it doesn't hit that area. And you can do that if the wind has got some place to go. Like for instance on a side yard. If the side yard is is wide enough, if you've got a wide enough area and you can divert the the wind around the the raised bed area, you're probably going to be better off than if you're going to just allow the air the the wind to travel over the top of the raised bed. So just think of a of a, of it as a diversion. Maybe you'll want a, a a stone block wall or something that or a wooden fence that can divert the wind because solid walls divert. They cause the wind to begin swirling. It's much like water when it hits a solid object. It begins to swirl. And the same thing happens with wind. When it's blowing along and it hits a something solid, it swirls. It swirls and picks up. You'll see it with papers and whatnot collecting in a corner somewhere. You don't want that. You want to slow that wind down. That's why it's important to have perforated area. That 80-20% is generally what's uh, what's we're looking at. 80% solid and 20% open spaces in the, in that thereabouts uh, in that particular in that particular range. So now let's talk a little bit about uh, ornamental plants and uh, uh, the one plant that comes to mind that gets a lot of uh, damage to it because of the wind is queen palm. And queen palm is quite quite uh, popular now in la- as a landscape plant. It can take fairly low temperatures, not terribly low temperatures, but can take fairly low temperatures. The problem with the problem with uh, a fan palm, excuse me, yeah, the queen palm, is the queen palm has some fairly delicate foliage. And whenever you're talking about delicate foliage, we're talking about a lot of potential damage to occur. So the damage that occurs on queen palm, because of it, gets, it can get so high, is primarily because of the wind. The wind just whips through it and tears and burns the edges of it and rips it up and makes it look ratty, kind of ratty. The only possible way around that is to just let it grow out of it. Yeah, I've seen, or just remember, if you've got queen, if you're going to pick a queen palm, just put it into a ba- into an enclosed area where it doesn't get much wind, and that'll help protect it a lot, because it looks great. And the queen palms look great in non-windy areas, non-deserty areas. But you you put it you put a queen palm in a desert spot with a lot of wind, and it's going to look ratty. It's just the way it is. The fan palms, like the Mexican fan palm, the California fan palm, windmill fan palm, the Mediterranean fan palms, those are all fairly good choices, better choices for the desert areas, even though they'll they'll get a burnt edge around the outside uh, of the leaf itself, they still don't look too bad. Probably the best one of the group is probably the Mexican fan palm. But, you know, remember, these fan palms can get, any of these fan palms can be 
pretty big. The Mediterranean fan palm will get 30 by 30 pretty easily. The windmill fan palm, even and it takes a, it can take temperatures to about 10 degrees Fahrenheit. It's one of the coldest, coldest uh, resisting palms that you can get. The windmill palm, and it's very slow growing. So, and they're small. They're fairly small. The problem is, they should be planted really on the east side not on the south or west sides because that's and the soil should be improved and you should be using wood chips around them because the, the they'll they'll have a tendency to burn along the edges and they're scorching and that's the problem with queen palms and that's the problem with most most landscape plants most landscape plants that you're going to pick just take a look at the foliage and see if you can tolerate the the browning that can occur on delicately feathery kinds of, of leaves that are put out by plants. And if you can, then that's fine. If you can't, then maybe you maybe you want to pick something a little bit different on that. So that's all I can think of right now, but remember when you're going to be using when you're going to be using vegetables, remember that 5 to 1 rule, the 5 times the height. So if you've got something a chain link fence that's three feet long it's going to modify that area for 15 feet if it's five feet tall six feet tall it's going to be 15 to 18 feet that it's the modification is going to occur on the downwind side of the chain link fence and remember there are two ways to 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 handle wind and that's divert it out of the area that you want to keep it and also there's the possibility of slowing it down. Wind breaks tend to slow it down, tend to slow winds down. And the 80-20 rule that I talked about earlier is going to be very important for you. Remember that. So just remember all those things and I hear that, that uh, music, so it's time to go. Anyway, take care and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Follow me on my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's extreme horticulture starting with an X, all one word. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter.